that was the Travelling Wilburys with End of the Line. Our Queensland-based reporter Fiona Harper was recently in North America, and so was I, and we had arranged to meet up in Vancouver, but travel being the unpredictable beast it can be sometimes, Fiona was too late getting into Canada. In fact, she only just made her next connection, and that was the Transcontinental Railway, the Canadian And it went all the way from Vancouver to Toronto, a four-day, four-night journey, as she explains to Graeme Kemlo. Welcome back, Fiona. Hi, Graeme. Nice to be with you. And lovely to have you there. Now, you, last I spoke to you, I think you were running for a plane from New Orleans to (laughs) uh, Vancouver. You were going to catch up with Carolyn Jasinski and it all went haywire, but you did make the train. This is the train from Vancouver? Uh, to yeah, ba- Vancouver to Toronto. It's right. a four-day, d- four four-night, 4,400-kilometre transcontinental across Canada. So that's going to be similar to Perth-Sydney or vice versa, yeah? It's probably a bit longer, longer. actually. Yeah. yeah. Maybe our train goes slower <laughs> or faster. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. so it's called the Canadian. That's right, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the Canadian. Is it sort of at the luxury end of the scale or is it a mid-dream train? How, how would you position it? Yeah, all of the above, actually. Because it's a, a national rail passenger service, so it has three different classes of, of travel. So there's an economy sit-up seat. There's a uh, sleeper, sleeper plus they call it, which is um, either a single or a twin cabin, uh, which has a bathroom or has a toilet in the cabin and then a shared shower at the end of the carriage. And then... The most upscale accommodation is the Prestige Plus, which, which are beautiful cabins with double beds, ensuite, bathrooms, um, and you know exceptional personal service. So, depending on how far you're going and what your budget is, yeah, yeah you could do it in in any of those three modes. Okay, that sounds fantastic. I noticed those the double bed, or if is it a double, or is it a queen, whatever. They're getting popular on some of these luxury trains and I think that's a great idea, but it must take up the bulk of the width of the train. Well, actually, they, these cabins, are, they're really well designed um, and they were refurbished not so long ago, so they're, they're all modern and, and fancy now, but they have a double bed that comes down from the wall. Right. Um, so the daytime configuration, there's like a, an L-shaped leather couch that has quite a big window in the cabin and then at night time, um, the bed folds down above that couch and kind of takes up well, the whole space, really. Oh, okay. Um, but you've got a nice, yeah, big, comfy double bed. Yeah, well, that sounds good. Excellent. Mm. Okay. What did you travel? You had a sleeper, sleeper yeah, plus. Yeah, I, I was in the sleeper plus, which is a twin cabin, so it has an upper bunk and a lower bunk. Right. Um, and because I was on my own, I basically just kept you my lower You didn't rent bunk. the spare bed out. <laughs> well, you could have put it on Airbnb. Well, I was looking for a friend to share, but, you know, it didn't quite work Ran out. Ran out of friends, fair enough. <laughs> so this is – now, I've known you on planes and, and uh, on your two feet. You get around a bit, but uh, the idea about the train uh, – this is new for you, I think. Although, no, well, you did the GAN recently, didn't you? Yeah, I did do the GAN in um, just a month or so ago, actually, and I've done the Indian the Pacific. Fl- you got the, uh, got the bug or what? Yeah, I really like train travel. You know, I have done train trips in Thailand and, and other countries, and I just think it's a really lovely way to travel. 
Mm. You get to, it's a bit like being on a ship in a way in that you have your cabin, you, you can unpack, so you've got all your things around you and you've got a private space and then when you want to be social, you know, you've got dining carriages um, on this particular train, they have lounge carriages with glass top roofs. So oh, you get good. to, yeah, just look at the view, particularly when you're going through the Rocky Mountains, you know, you've got that beautiful scenery. So, you know, you could spend hours just sitting in those lounge chairs, just admiring the view. Yeah, it's a really relaxing way to travel. It is. No, I agree. And you sort of get you get lulled off to sleep by the gentle uh, clickety clack of the train oh, very, and a little bit of a sway. So. Yeah. Yeah, it is such a, a lovely way to fall asleep uh, with that gentle movement. Or mostly it's gentle. Sometimes it gets a little bit rocky. But it's yeah, it's a really it's a soothing movement. And I guess to be able to to wake up and see the world passing by your window that's what I really like um, it's quite indulgent to be just you know lazing in bed in the morning and um, and seeing the world slip by yeah hey, do they bring you breakfast in in your little cabin <laughs> no they do not you do have to uh, get out and um, and go down to the dining car to the to dining car okay yeah. All right. Well, I think I'd probably rather do that. No, but, things uh, have definitely improved on the Canadian. It's oh, um, that's good. Yeah, three course breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which is not good for the um, for the weight when you're sitting around for four days not doing much exercise and, and eating three three course meals a day, or at least two two three course meals a day. So yeah, yeah the, the food was fabulous. So you didn't get off and have a quick lap up and down the train at the siding somewhere? <laughs> well, others did. I don't know why I wasn't that well prepared, but um, most of the stops were fairly short. Right. Uh, the, the longest stop was in Jasper, um, which is in the Rocky Mountains in British Columbia. Um, we stopped there for about an hour, but most of the other stops were pretty much a... You know, 15 minutes, get out, stretch your legs. The smokers could have a, um, a cigarette and people got on and off. And, um, yeah, so the stops weren't, weren't prolonged. This is a train where you can notify them, I, th- I assume, in advance. You don't pull the cord to stop at the next stop. <laughs> um, but you can get off almost anywhere. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And, again, because it's a, a national train service, it services over 400 towns, cities and, and really small communities along the way. So for some people who live in those really remote communities, the train is their major form of, of getting in and out. So, right. yeah, you know, if you want to stop at some of those places, yeah, you just organise it in advance. And, and we did make a quite a quite a few random stops seemingly in the middle of nowhere, but people were obviously getting on or off at, at some of these really small places. Now, I imagine that train probably goes 365 days a year, rain, hail or shine, yeah? Yeah, that's right. There's actually four four services. So there's two running west to east and two running east to west all year round. So they, they kind of cross each other. But, yeah, it's a year-round service. So there's, right. there's always trains running in either direction. Well, I was just thinking, you know, given the, the latitude, I imagine there would be periods when maybe snow was covering the roads, but presumably the train ploughs on through. Yeah, I don't know, actually. You, you're right, when you get up into the Rocky Mountains, you'd think that it, you know, it might be an issue. But no, I don't know the answer to that. 
I saw a photograph once of the Christmas train. The Rocky Mountaineer runs a Christmas train and it looked all very, you know, celebratory and everything. Terrific. But there was deep snow on the side of, of the tracks, I noticed. Yeah, I was yeah. just wondering whether it's a necessary form of transport perhaps for some people in the depths of winter, which is obviously yeah. around Christmas. I wonder if they have a, um, you know, a way of clearing the tracks because you're right, it is an essential service. They have a cow catcher on the front feet, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, maybe a bear catcher, they call it in that, in Canada. Oh, okay. Just push it out of the way. (laughs) So you said it's a four-day trip. What's that? Three nights, four days, is it? Uh, Four nights. uh, Four nights, five days, Four nights, five days. Yeah, so it starts, you know, late in the afternoon and and gets in about midday on day five. So it's, yeah, it's a long trip. But if you, as I said before, it's very social. So some people might find that it's too long because you'd think, what on earth am I going to do for four or five days? But... It's great if you want to read, for example. I read three books in um, five days and, you know, listen to audio books. So it's, yeah, it, it's a very relaxing trip, but it's probably not for people who like to be really active. No. They like to be, you know, seeing places and getting off on and off. It's, it might be a bit slow. Now, the important question for those who can never switch off, does it have Wi-Fi <laughs> all the way? No, it does not. So none um, or only some? There's no Wi-Fi on the train. There is occasional cell service. Um, at a station maybe, yeah? Yeah, at places like Winnipeg or Jasper or Edmonton. So the bigger cities, yeah, yeah. there is service. But otherwise, no, it's completely off-grid in that oh, respect. Well, then maybe that's something that we ought to do. Well, it was actually really nice to not have to think about your phone. You know, as a travel writer, you're always in touch and posting social media and responding to emails and things. So it was actually really nice to not even have to think about, have I got Wi-Fi? I get I just, it. Yeah, I didn't, so it was lovely. Yeah, I get it. So, mm. completing the trip, what was your overall impression? Um, I really liked the, the, the panorama skies, uh, yeah. pan- panoramic sky cars, just because you had this um, almost 180-degree um, view of the, you know, of the landscape, and that it does change so much. So you start, you know, in British Columbia, you go through the mountains, then you come down into the prairies area where it's very flat and agricultural, and then you get into the lakes districts where it's lots of forest and wildlife, and you know, we saw. Well, I saw a moose coming out of a, mm. a lake very quickly. Other people saw bears. So, yeah, being in those sky cars where you've just got a, a really great view, that was probably my highlight, absolutely. So that's a car you go to. You don't have a permanent seat there? No, that's right. So there's a, uh, there was three of them. So we had 19 carriages and three of those were sky cars with, with the glass dome roof. So, yeah, you can just go and, and sit. Um, you know, they have lectures in there as well. So it's, it's kind of like the social hub of the train. It's where... Right people go and you know you take a coffee you can take a glass of wine in there and just you know sit around and chat and or just watch the view sounds fabulous so i guess given that they've got three classes of travel you've got three levels of of cost you could do it relatively would you say inexpensively or is even a an economy seat not cheap yeah i think it's if you if you considered all up that you know You've basically got accommodation and transport all in one. And um, meals, yeah. Yeah, and, and meals certainly in the uh, Prestige and Sleeper Plus. Uh, Sleeper Plus, you've got meals included. You um, you buy your meals separately in the economy. Seat, what do you so. have a vending machine there, or have they got someone? Uh, uh, they have a they do a, like a trolley service, a bit like on okay. a plane, um, where you can buy snacks or food, or obviously in places like Jasper or Edmonton where you're in a city. You I can hear a train in the background. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> right on cue, wasn't it? Oh, that's was that the, the local? Was that the local? Uh, <laughs> there it is again. Yeah. Do you want uh, to stop? You've organised that beautifully, Fiona. <laughs> Were there Aussies on the train? Yeah, mostly it was Canadians um, and Americans. Uh, people doing it as a bit of a bucket list trip. There was a large group of English people who had, had been planning it for many years and there was another group of Swiss Germans. But mostly it was uh, Canadians kind of doing a commute or Americans. So right. a couple of Aussies, but we're in the minority. Ah, oh, well, well, that's probably... Good thing sometimes to get away from us <laughs> well, and enjoy something else. It was actually really nice to just sit down to dinner and talk to Canadians. I had dinner one night with a, an older man and his granddaughter and they were travelling across to meet up with a relative who lived not far from Toronto. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, so they were sharing the, the trip as a, a kind of a, a family bonding thing. Um, I think the young girl, she might have been a little more bored than the grandfather hoped but right. um yeah it was just nice to be able to talk to you know canadians doing their regular thing yeah well fiona uh, uh, thanks for that thanks for sharing it was um i love a train a train ride down again and uh that's certainly one of the bigger ones to look to look for are you likely to do more of this oh i would jump on a train any day over right yeah you know driving in a car or or even getting in a plane you know compare the the process of getting on a train which is basically you rock up with your suitcase pick up a ticket and you're on board Mm. it takes about 10 minutes you know Mm. compare that to the many hours that you spend getting on a plane um yeah. yeah, I would do train travel any day. Yeah, I agree with you on that score. Certainly at places like, you know, Paris, which is a very busy airport, the terminal, both London and Paris, is pretty easy yeah. f- uh, for the train. And you do security at the same time, a lot less hassle, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I used to love waking up in the middle of the night in Caniver or somewhere on the overland going to Adelaide. Yeah. And all it was was a misty night. There was mm-hmm. a street light shining on a bloke with uh, half a dozen milk truck and he was sort of loading him on the train or whatever you know whatever was going on and there was a bit of shuffling and clanking and they were checking the wheels checking the tires whatever you do on a train i used to love that because that was a little bit of life that you never saw oh i think that yeah that's definitely part of the attraction um it's almost a bit voyeuristic i think being on a train because um a lot of the routes go through you know backyards so people's you know backyards that um you get this perspective of life and and people's people's homes that you, that you don't get to see any other way and you know as you say stopping at some of these you know tiny little sidings we would often stop you know they'd call it a fresh air stop so it might be a 20 minute stop in the middle of nowhere there was obviously a reason you know whether they were picking up dropping off cargo or people um, and so it would be an opportunity, to, you know, to get outside and get some fresh air and it might be 20 minutes where, you know, some people would actually um, put on their running gear and run. I don't know why I didn't think of that. I didn't think we had enough time, to be honest, but at one stop um, I did see uh, two people um, who were obviously uh, up in the economy section, obviously, you know, looking for an opportunity to, to stretch their legs. So it was kind of nice, you know, to get off in these really weird places in the middle of nowhere and just, yeah, have a little wander around. Via rail, I think, are represented here in Australia, aren't Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's very easy to, to book on the website. It's a, um, you know, it's very structured and straightforward. There's actually um, two trains a week leaving from each direction, so there's four trains in total. So you could do it in either 
in either direction. Right, and we'll put the website in our in our show notes. So thank you very much, Fiona. I've, I've enjoyed travelling with you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's always a pleasure, Graham. Happy to, happy to chat and travel with you anytime. Graham Kemlow there with Fiona Harper. Give her a trade over a plane any day. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.